Yeah, but I just speaking of backing cars into parents' cars. I guess I guess a lot of us do it. It's a rite of passage, I would say. You got to back it into something. It's been a while. It has been a minute. Yeah. But we are back at it again. Th- things have happened. Things have happened. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We're not going to cover it all in this episode, but the next two. Hopefully no, life's be been busy, but we'll certainly. Uh, yeah. it, it needs about two episodes to cover everything. It does it's been up? Well, mostly up. There's, there haven't been any downs. No, there haven't been any downs. There's a lot of good stuff it's going on. Life's constantly been busy. going up. Lots of automotive musings. My to... man's on Everest right now. Yeah. Wait, what? You. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. things are going up. Things are going very up. We'll save that, that for the next the, episode. That, that was the connection I was trying to make there, but it didn't quite land. There you go. That's fine. It, it fell by the, that, that, down the mountain. It's fine. It yeah, rolled on down to the bottom. We tried. Made, made it, the effort. Made it to base camp, but that's about as far as base we got. Base camp's good. I'll, t- I'll take that. Base camp is not too bad. There's a lot yeah. of people who, uh, who can claim that base camp is... Uh, it's an achievement. It's, it's quite an achievement. A lot of hot chocolate going around. Yeah, heck, I can barely make it up the hill in Maniunk. I'd go. Yeah, as someone who's <laughs> much, near there, yeah. Much less a mountain. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of mountains, one thing that I do want to talk about today, and we'll get to it in a minute, is um, is mountain driving in a certain mountain event. But uh, yes. before we even get into there, what's mm-hmm. been going on as of late, man? How's the uh, how's the Subi running? Oh, man, the Subi's okay. It's got this issue where, okay, so I had the tires rotated and before i did that the car was kind of pulling a bit not pulling but it was drifting a bit to the left yeah you were now, telling me that now it's going to the right which is odd because okay. you're, you you put tires on back to front not side to side right uh so that's happening uh if someone out there knows what that could possibly be let me know i think it might just be bad tires i'm yeah. not going to say the brand on here but uh this has happened before with this brand so okay uh, it's i think in the spring it'll be time for new tires new it, summer tires it's a known offender Yes, it is. It's it's been it's been a thing for a while. But the Subaru's good. Uh, not really a ton of news for me on the car front. It's pretty status quo. Thankfully, no further. I can't recall. Did I mention the check engine light on this last time? No, I don't think you did. Oh God. Oh yeah. No, that was. Uh, I was sitting at the uh, at the shore, watching the formula, watching Monaco actually. And uh, the check engine light came on. I figured it's because oh, like, a, the gas cap was loose. I don't know. So I went back and tightened it down. Had lunch at the shore. I drove to a like a small auto zone near there, and they said it was the the rear O2 sensor. Uh oh. So I was like, oh, oh great! No. I just got some money in. So of course the car was like, <laughs> can I have some of that <laughs> money in, uh, money out? Yeah. So. I brought it to a local guy to check it out, and it was fine. Uh, the code got cleared by itself on the way home, and it has not recurred. I was sitting and idling, but also like, so I would sit with the AC on for 10 minutes, turn the car off 10 minutes. I was going back and forth, maybe just idling for a while with the AC on. Because I know the AC can sometimes trigger the knock sensor in yep. my car. Yep. So it could have been some sort of, you know, random cosmic cascading event. But my car is, apart from that, it's okay. It's due in to have uh, the bumper fixed soon. Uh, I'm gonna put my parents on blast for this. My my, I was at my parents' house, which was going back like September, and uh, my dad was backing out of the garage, and he hit the car. He he forgot it was there. Oh no! Yeah, it happens. Whoopsies! But, uh, it's payback for when I did that to their car about 15 years ago with my Acura. So yeah, you know, it's. I don't know what it is with Acuras. I think probably around the same time. So this is maybe circa 2006. Um, I was with um, our our buddy Dan, who also had a, an Integra Type S, not Integra, RSX. an RSX yep. Type S. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, my mind is thinking, you know, the the spiritual successor, of course. Right, the but new he one. also had an RSX Type S, yep. and um, we would just come home from. I think we came home from camp. It was like a camp weekend or something like that, and uh, you know, we pulled into his driveway, and he backed the car into his dad's truck. Yeah, of course. Yep. And mm-hmm. just remember. Dan's reaction was to go to sleep. <laughs> we go inside. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we had a long weekend where we didn't didn't do a lot of sleeping. That's how I like. I think it was a pre counselor weekend, so you know we were mm-hmm. up partying all weekend. And yep. uh, we come back, and he backs it in into his dad's truck. And it was technically his dad's car. His dad started lending him the RSX. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, before he officially handed over the keys, it was you know a, a special thing for him. And he backed it into, I think he backed it into his dad's truck, and he was just like, oh, I don't know what to do, and just went to can you, sleep. Can you tell him I'm going to take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, he just, we, we went inside, and uh, like I was staying at his house for another two days, 
and he just like went upstairs and went to sleep. His parents weren't home. He just like went to sleep. And I was just like sitting there in his living room. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just watch some TV. This motherfucker just goes upstairs and that goes is to sleep. The archetypical dance. I don't know. Story. I don't know what the thinking was. Like, I guess it's it's harder for your parents thinking to be mad at present. you. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. harder to be mad at you if you're sleeping. I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> like his dad is not the kind to get you know no, very outwardly upset. Um, very I think he's the more he's more the kind to be like I'm disappointed in you, and yeah. that will shatter your if, world. If anything, yeah, it's gonna be that. Yeah, but I just speaking of backing cars into parents' cars. I guess, I guess a lot of us do it. It's a rite of passage, I would say. You got to back it into something. You have to feel an impact with a car to know what it's like. Yes, yes. I think a, it, a minor one. Yeah, but, you know. I guess it makes you a better driver. Ideally, ideally, yeah. realistically, uh, debatable. A lot but, of folks probably keep doing it. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. Who knows? But uh, anyways, so um, so yeah. So speaking of the the ups in life, being busy. So uh, this is about two weeks ago now. Still, still coming down off the high. We. Um, we were out in West Virginia. Uh, I was out in West Virginia because every year, this is the third year going, um, some friends and I throw a little little Porsche party called Ruthless Rally. Um, and it's it's not limited to air cool. It's, it's vintage focus. I'll kind of talk it about was, it. It was, wasn't it? We, we never were um, particularly, we never really enforced the air-cooled only. It's a little bit more towards, you know, the kind of person versus the kind of car. I mean, there's, there's more there's, of a suggestion. It's, we, like, we, we bill it as, you know, air-cooled or even at this point really vintage focus. And so the, real, the reason behind that is um, it's a lot easier to work on the older cars. Obviously, the newer cars... Um, you open the hood and there's plastic everywhere. And, and the O2 sensors. No, yeah, O2 sensors, exactly. <laughs> um, and so the really, the, the rally is kind of built on this ethos of, of analog. being of analog and being the, being the renters rally is, yeah. is kind of how, how it's developed over the years. Um, and it's, it's not so much that you have to have the skill set to be able to like rebuild an engine or go so far down, but it's more of that mindset of like, just trying to do something to connect with your car and putting forth an effort. Like it's, I mean, I'm not the most mechanically inclined person, but you know, I can, can change the oil. I can swap out, you know, some parts here and there and stuff. I'm learning as we go. Um, but it's really, it's about that kind of DIY mindset of, you know, building the car to be your own and connecting with it, putting forward an effort to, you know, try and do some wrenching on it yourself. And obviously it's not, you know, strictly exclusive but that's that's really the underlying ethos um of the rally and so uh yeah this was the third year going and it was an absolute blast this year i think we had almost 100 cars we registered i think dang dang close to 100 um so it was the biggest one to date i don't we have no plans i think to get any bigger than this this was no one does. No, and it was. I know. I know. You're smiling at me. Is <laughs> okay. You know, next year we're gonna register 250 cars. But no, we we definitely are not. This was a sweet spot. I think this was a good amount. Um, and we try. I think it's it's happened naturally. So obviously the first year was all new faces. The second year and then this year, we were I think somewhere in almost a 50 50 split of previous participants and new faces, which mm. is awesome because you know. You have the guys who have kind of been through this. They know, you know, they know the spiel. They know how the weekend goes. They know their way around the mountain. Um, and then you have new faces who, you know, some were doing their first um, vintage rally. You know, yep. some were have done a, a million others in the past. And it's the first time joining us. Uh, but it's great because we get that mix of new and old. And, and the camaraderie is just, it's fantastic. And absolutely love doing it. Now, uh, what's the general area of the state? Of, of where you were, you were yeah. in, I'm guessing the Blue Ridge Mountains. No, so we no. are. Um, w- the the rally is based out of Snowsho- Snowshoe, West Virginia. Which, okay. um, off the top of my head, I'm I'm actually not sure. I so say you Google it off if you can tell me exactly what mountain range it's part of. It's not as I think far south as the Blue Ridge, uh, Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff. It's I mean the. We have some routes that dip a little bit into Virginia, but we don't go down to like the Carolinas or anything. Oh, so it's near the Monongalila or Monongalia. 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 That, that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I don't think we've had a, a single participant over the years who's been able to pronounce that right on first go around. It's Monongalia National Forest Manama. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. that one. Monomena. Um, <laughs> so no, so it's basically we we run it out of Snowshoe, West Virginia, and stuff. Um, 
the wild thing about West Virginia, if you've never been down there, is the roads are the smoothest, nicest roads I've ever seen, especially coming from here in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we have a lot of guys that come from the Midwest, Chicago area, um, and then, you know, folks out of Ohio. PA is a low bar to compare to. PA is a very (laughs) low bar. It's funny because as we're running throughout the weekend, um, you know, you would see signs that say rough road ahead. And it's like you hit a tiny spot, it's just like boop. Yeah. And we're just like... (laughs) My friend, that is not rough Jeffrey road. Come, come on over to, uh, come drive Lincoln Drive here in Philly and, and Kelly Drive, and I will show you some very, very rough road. I mean, same thing out in, like, Chicago and stuff. They know anywhere that gets, you know, super heavy snow and has a um, oh yeah the plows a Department of and... Transportation that's yeah. like, yeah, we'll just throw some rocks in the potholes and yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It'll be fine, yeah. So <sighs> the roads are incredible. I mean, not only are they, are they tw- you get a great mix of, twisty tight technical sections up in the mountains and stuff you can then you could get down off the mountain and it's like beautiful sweepers through through farmland and stuff it's just a really incredible mix of roads and scenes it does look super nice and all the roads are just complete glass they're Mm. just so smooth literally we were there so we go down on thursday driving is friday and saturday we were out friday morning for the first um first leg of the day and we, you know, hit a point where they they stopped everyone on the road. They were literally paving the road as we as we passed by, and we went by the same section on Saturday, and they had laid down the line. So that asphalt was wow as fresh as you could PA, imagine. Take note, seriously. We have what the highest road taxes in the country, and we have this still, and it correlates to the lowest amount of repairs actually uh, yeah. enforced and done. I mean, we did get ninety five done, but that was kind of a national thing. I'm driving that tomorrow, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was talking about it with uh, with Anna this morning. I was uh-huh. like, "Your thoughts on getting off before the uh, the I ninety five hastily patched hastily up thing?" Patched. I was like, "They've been working on I ninety five here for like I don't know, probably six or seven years straight, mm-hmm. and they patched an entire patch." And I'm I'm giving air quotes here. Patched yeah. an entire overpass in two days. I I don't know. It's had a skew. I, I might just have to get off at the exit before and just go around. Just you never know. Just I mean, in case there could be an errant breeze. I was maybe a, bag, I was, a chip bag. That's yeah. all it takes. I was texting with our with our buddy Adam this morning, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a bun. They just lay down a bunch of dirt and mm-hmm. threw some metal plates and a very thin layer of asphalt on yeah. it." Um, so yeah, I'm not not super jazzed. But they sent gritty over it, so I mean, it's gotta be <laughs> the fine. The most Philly thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so for those who are listening, there was a a, a section of I-95 here in, in Philly that collapsed at an underpass because there was a truck underneath that caught fire, and it was like a tanker truck of some kind, and, and caught fire, and literally a section of I-95, all four lanes collapsed, and that was two. That was two weeks ago. That was literally yep. the weekend of Ruclos. Yep. And stuff. When we're all driving back, we're like, "Oh, great! At least we don't have you know all of us who live in the city. We're like, at least we don't have to go past the city and deal yeah, with this right. crap." Totally. Um. So in two weeks, they, you know, did some kind of temporary fix, and then yesterday I saw that they they consummated the opening with um yeah. a fire truck full of all the Philly sports mascots. As you do over in it. Philly, you very know, Phil- very Philly. It was the most Philly way to abs- to yeah. do this. Um. So that's wild. But anyways, all the roads here suck. The roads in West Virginia do not do suck. Do not suck, yes. Which is partially why, why we throw a, a pretty rad new. party That's down awesome. there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I, I mean, before going, I kind of, I want to touch on the origin story because it's a question yeah, we get asked a lot about um, is, you know, so I'm from Philly and um, we have three, co- three co-organizers um, that I work with all based out of the Midwest. Um you got Elliot, who's uh, who's a little bit outside of Chicago area. Shout out Chicagoland, and uh, you got Brian and Tony are both based out of uh, of Wisconsin. And people are like, "Well, how the heck did you guys get together?" And it's funny because you know we've been talking about and we're getting ever closer to Rensport this year. Um, the Ruchlo story really started in uh, at Rensport in 2018. We uh-huh. we met each other there. I think we were just like walking the parking lot, doing what car guys do best, and just bullshitting bullshit. about cars. Yep. And uh, we connected back then and, um, you know, kept in touch over the years. And then I think it was like, a it, Tony texted this not that long ago. It was like a comment on Instagram where I think, um, you know, we were talking about driving season kicking up. And uh, we were like, oh, yeah, we should do like a joint, um, you know, Midwest Philly rally of some kind. And then like the gears kind of started turning. We we're like, oh, like maybe maybe we could actually do mm-hmm. this. Like we got, you know. 
I got a, it's a small but strong crew here in Philly. And, uh, you know, they have a, a strong crew out in the Midwest. Um, Brian actually runs a company called Auction Craft. Um, and he does some absolutely incredible custom parts for, uh, for, for mostly air-cooled Porsches and stuff. That's really, really cool interiors. And it's been also awesome to watch him grow that business. Um, him and I both have a background in advertising. And he, um, he, he left his job a few years ago full-time to to go into auction craft and, and really pursue that as a full-time thing. And he's he's just grown it so well over the years. Mm, nice. um, but him and Tony kind of started that as, you know, a little similar crew to what we do here in Philly. And, you know, they just they found found a good solid crew of guys that love to drive, you know, yeah. wrench on their cars. And we said, you know, we could we could pull some folks together and do do this as a weekend. And, uh, you know, we did, we did some, some scouting of the roads and stuff and kind of put together the ethos and the name and everything. And then, so the name translates to, um, to nefarious. So ruthless is nefarious in, mm. uh, in Finally English. Finally a decent translation from English to German. Right, it right. Exactly. Turn out that well. No, no, definitely. It'll turn out to be something that's like, you like know, very hospital far. is not that in German. No, definitely <laughs> not. But, you know, it, it kind of fit the idea of like. You know, we all have kind of that, that outlaw hot rodding mindset yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff about, you know, breaking from the norm. And it's really, you know, how the whole rally was built on on that idea of, you know, wrenching, modifying, making these cars your own, you know, straying a little bit away from the the more PCA mindset of, you know, the golf golf course and Q-tips and stuff. So um, we put Q-tips. The, Q-tips, yeah. What do you mean Q-tips? Like we joke that people, you know, sometimes we joke people. Oh, like they the use PCA Q-tips use on Q-tips the car. Their car. Yeah, you know, I never get, knew that. Yeah, it's golf, golf courses like, and Q-tips. Q-tips shed, so you get like cotton strands. Love. Well, I'm sure they buy the most. You know, oh, the non, the, the, the premium, non, the premium. Yeah, oh, we're not talking the, Q-tip brand. We're talking like the Q-tips, the the Q-tips, Q-tips, Q-tips. Yeah. So you know, we stands for quality. The quality tip. So we we stray a little bit more from that. And uh, we put it out on Instagram and and did a uh, like an open application process, mm. and uh, we just had a ton of people. You know, a lot a lot of our friends applied, but then it kind of spread by word of mouth, and um, we got a bunch of other people that That's just, how it goes. That, yeah, we got a bunch of other people that applied, people we'd never met before, never heard of, and they're like, oh, you know, we haven't seen a ton of of vintage rallies on the East Coast, and you know, it's funny, one of the parts that we were talking about when we were you know, planning everything is think about the, like, the West coast has so many amazing roads and they have a ton of really good rallies. You have target mm-hmm. California out there. You have the fault line, you have the mother load. Like they have a ton of awesome vintage rallies and we don't have a ton on the East coast. Um, so a lot of people were like, you know, I've been, I've been waiting kind of like waiting for an event like this yep. for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it grew and we just, um, we man that first year, especially we managed to just get such a good group of people. I mean, you can put together an event like this and you can have the greatest roads and the greatest cars. Um, but if you have an event full of, full of assholes, it's not going to be fun. So no. we've been very fortunate in that we have, we have really found the right kind of people and the right kind of people have, yep. have found us. And so for the second year, instead of doing the open application, we switched to kind of this referral system where we're like, hey, mm. we found an awesome group of people. Yep. You guys had a great time. You know what the vibe is like. Mm-hmm. So if you have friends. More. Yeah. If you yeah. have friends, you know, we trust you at this point to bring them in. So we kind of yep. opened up to a referral system for the second year and now the third year as well. Uh, and it's great because, you know, it's it's just helped us once again find, find great people. Yep. And it's like we say, you know, this event is is by you and for you, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, it's been awesome. And, you know, we've, we, it's been incredibly successful over the last few years and we just love, love putting it on. And the, the organic growth is the, one of the coolest parts to me. It's just how, you know, you put the word out and the right people kind of find each other and stuff. And it's what we talk about, like the car community, you know, beyond just the cars. And it's, it's not hard for it to become like like a cars and coffee type deal where it becomes like just, Random randos show up and kind of ruin the vibe, right? Exactly, which happens all the time. So it's good that it's if it's kind of like maintained it in this like niche. Yeah. And as such, you know the uh, the folks who come out are like respectable and they know the cars and they know the vibe. So they know the cars, they know the vibe, and I mean the biggest one of my favorite parts of of how the event runs is, um, you know, we encourage people to help each other. Yeah. You know, 
Well, you kind of have to because with old cars, old cars, it's going to happen. And like we said, is you know the part of the ethos is is about this idea of of wrenching, you know, wrenching on your car and stuff. Yeah. But we have such a range of skill sets. Is you know we have guys come out who own their own shops and stuff and are you know mm-hmm. literally are paid paid to work on these cars for a living. Yep. And we got the folks, you know, more towards the end of the spectrum. Maybe they just bought their car and they're just like, hey, you know, I can, I'll change the oil and stuff and I'll spill half the thing over me, fine and dandy. Um, But, you know, you have that range that everyone just gets together and help, you know, everyone's always lending a hand, has spare parts. And it's funny, like this year, you know, in the days leading up to it, when kind of the caravans are starting to leave, leave their hometown and make their way, uh, down to West Virginia, you know, we would get some emails. Hey, you know, I've, I've got a 964 um, by whatever, you know, Indianapolis and stuff. I need a DMA relay. And we'll send out an email to the entire, you know, participant list. You know, SOS, if anyone, you know, has a DME relay by, uh, by it, you know, Indianapolis, so-and-so needs help and stuff. And all the guys like, hey, you know, I need, I'm, I'm in Mississippi now. I'm going to be here by tomorrow. I need a CV boot and stuff. We'll just send it out. And it's awesome to see... You know, people will always just raise their hands and and say, you know, here, I, I got you, I got you. The word is symbiosis. Symbiosis. There we I go. I did look it up yeah. because I wasn't sure if it applied. <laughs> it's been a while since high school, but it kind of works here. So yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's such a blast. Now it's I have like, to, I have to know what car were you in? So this year, um, this year I spent most of the weekend um, in our buddy Adam's 996 Turbo oh, nice. and stuff as his mm-hmm. co-driver. Mm-hmm. Um, which was an absolute blast. Um, that car is so incredibly capable. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so capable. Uh, I mean, Adam's a hell of a driver too and stuff. He makes it look so darn easy. (laughs) Um, but I mean, just, just to be in that car and, and experience the power. It's funny. We were talking, it's like half the time he's not even on boost because the thing's got so much torque, even off boost. It's just like a little squirt of the throttle. And the other part too, that we talk about is we, we do try and stay stay away from a lot of the newer GT cars. And so the reason behind that is capability. When you have, you know, 10 cars running, and we, we kind of ca- we cap the run groups at about 10. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of the sweet spot, anything there or less. When you have a group of 10 cars running and you have something like, um, let's say you have a GT car leading, you know, like a yep. 2017 GT3 RS, mm-hmm. the capabilities of that car... So far outweigh the air cooled, the older air cooled cars. I mean, those cars will stop on a dime, and yep. it, it can create you know a little bit of a dangerous situation. You know, yeah, yeah. everyone checks up, and then it's exactly. So you know, we we do try and stay away from like the most extreme kind of GT GT cars. Yeah. Um, S- small sidebar for folks who don't know, uh, when you see a run group. I'm guessing that you have 10 cars, they all leave at different times from point yeah, A to B. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. so kind of the way we run it is. Um, you know, we, we both create um, kind of some pre, pre-developed run groups. So, like, we'll assign a group leader and they'll talk about, you know, we're, we're running X amount of pace and stuff. And this is like point A to point B. This is point A yeah. to point B, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, the way we've we've kind of changed a little bit how we run it um, from the first year to now. So, we have like three, this year we had three routes to, you know, everyone does lunch together. We had like a barbecue spot the last two years where we do like a catered lunch and stuff. And so, there's three ways to get there three ways to get back and stuff, um, about like three hours each. Um, so, you know, you, you leave about nine o'clock, you're into lunch by about 12, you leave whatever, one, two o'clock and you're, yep. you're back there by five. So it's not like you're doing, you know, like 10 or 12 hours straight in the car, but you're, you're spending a solid six or seven hours mm-hmm. in the car, mm-hmm. you know, at pace, um, you know, hammering these mountains and stuff. So, I mean, it, it works out to kind of be the perfect amount of, um, you know, in and out of the car time and stuff, you know, in the car, pound the roads, and then everyone gets back. And we have a side, we have a, a section of the lot there roped off. So we have all the cars parked there and you oh, know, cool. everyone gets back at night and, you know, hangs out, tells, tells tall tales of the weekend and, uh, so you know, talk- coffee in the morning and then cars and just hanging out in the evening. Yeah. Something like, like that. that. Something like that. That's so, sweet. um, I mean, the thing we talk about too, is with these, with these roads up there, you know, there's the perfect blend of the, of the Titan technical sections and the sweepers, Especially in the technical sections, like you don't need to be on it. We always tell people, like you do not need to be running at ten tenths to have fun. Well, you wouldn't on the street, but yeah. right, you wouldn't on the street. Exactly, like you don't need to be running ten tenths and stuff. Like you can, you can be in the mountains at like fifty percent and still yeah. have such a blast. Oh, yeah. You know, we always say like the the biggest um, 
the biggest reward at the end of the weekend is, you know, coming back in one piece. And, yeah. And most important part. Yeah. And we have, you know, we got a group of sensible guys out there and stuff and everyone just has a blast. And, you know, that's part of the fun of the, these old cars is to, you know, you can enjoy them without having to be into, you know, law breaking speeds. Yeah, and getting, you know, lift off oversteer and all that. You yeah. can just it's just take it easy but to have fun. It's a blast. And so um this year is interesting. So I I have to tell this story that yeah, this yeah. year's um mm-hmm. this year's event. This is this is um this is what we we love. And so you know we talk about the you know we often talk about the market these days and how the class car market is crazy. And then every once in a while, you'll hear a crazy story about a barn find. And so we had one of those at this year's event. Like a live barn find? Yes. Oh, so my. we had a gentleman. Um, he rode up as as a co-driver with his buddy. And we get, to, um, we get to the barbecue lunch on Friday. And an older guy in like, I don't know, he was in like a Tacoma or something in some pickup truck, rolled in and, you know, just started chatting with, chatting with a few folks. Hey, you know, it's all, you know, a hundred Porsches. We don't see that too often up here in the mountains of West Virginia. Says, yeah, I, I actually got one of the, one of these old eighties, nine elevens and stuff. And, uh, I think someone said to him, you know, half jokingly, but half not jokingly. Like, oh, well, would you sell it? He says, well, um, I actually been, been thinking about it. My buddy had offered me 20 K for the car. And then backed out. And then within this circle, I think the gentleman who would, who had asked looked at this other guy, knowing, you know, he'd come up as a as a co-driver, yeah. looks at him and says, If you don't buy this car right now, I will. Go, <laughs> you know, go, go see what go see what the story is. Right away. Here we go. So this guy who'd rode up um as a co-driver, go back with this old guy to his garage. And it's like the garage was pristine. There was a lot of stuff in there, mm. but the garage was pristine. And sitting there was, I think it was a 79 or an 80 um, white SC Targa. Oh. And, you know, they're going over the car and they, fu- they fired it up. You know, it took, it mm-hmm. took a little bit of, uh, took a minute, but, if you know, it fired up. He said, yeah, you know, I, I do start it every now and then. And, you know, I, th- I started it back in October and, you know, it's clean. Yeah. And the guy goes, well, you know, seriously, I think I'd be interested in mm-hmm. the car. He mm-hmm. goes, well, all right. I mean, like I said, my buddy had offered... 20k for it uh-huh. and he backed out so the offer stands if you want this car 20k and went to the bank <laughs> deal was done on the spot he drove the car back to the lot oh man that's so cool and he drove it back to georgia on sunday he he did not drive the second day sorry obviously he's like the tires are like eight or nine years old yeah you gotta um, be but he's like i'm gonna you know very carefully drive it back to georgia on yeah. sunday yeah and it was great. We were talking to the guy and he's like, honestly, he's like, I've been looking for a Porsche for the last seven or eight months. And I had pretty much all but given up on getting an air cooled car. He's like, they were out of my mm-hmm. budget. He's like, I was even looking at like nine, nine sixes or starting to get yeah. out of my budget. He's like, I was pretty much, re- you know, reserved to the fact that I was never going to own one of these things. Mm-hmm. And then this happened and to go up as a co-driver and drive back with your own air cooled nine eleven. Total kismet. So we were, we were joking. We were like, listen. This is one of those things where, you know, this is serendipity. I don't tend to believe in that stuff so so heavily, mm-hmm. but this was meant to be. Yeah. And it was just one of the great hey. stories of the weekend. That's so cool. It was awesome. And then the other story that I, I will tell. Um, so first two years, one of our absolute favorite um, participants was a gentleman named Todd. And total sweetheart. Of a guy, um, I remember the second year he brought you know the the organizing crew a, a a bottle of really good bourbon and stuff. Always a smile on your face, always a smile on his face, kind of guy. Um, and then, unfortunately, I believe it was last year we heard that he passed away. Oh no! And what happened is he had pulled over on the side of the road. There's a motorist on the side of the road, um, and he pulled over to help them. And I, I don't know all the details, but I think they were I believe they were hit by a uh, oh. semi. And absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's like, it's just one of those things that it was so in Todd's nature. Mm, to stop and help. To, to stop and help. And um, his widow, Martha, came out this year for the rally. No And way. She, was, she was a little bit, I think, hesitant at first. But we had a few other, a few other rally goers. Um, shout out to, to Donna and Pam for, uh, for coming in. Donna came in from, from um, 
Oklahoma and and met up with um, with Martha in Arkansas, and she drove Todd's car um, wow. out to the rally this year, and it was just. It was so incredible to see her out, and yeah. she had an absolutely great time. I came out Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. in the lot, and um, there's a gentleman whose car was was dead that morning, and come out, and Martha's like fumbling around with um, with some, uh, some jumper cables Jump and cables, stuff, yeah. and she's like, we're going to get this car running, and it was just like, <laughs> it was... The, the, I, con- the I continuation. Yeah. It was just, it was great to see, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know... Just making Todd damn proud yeah. and stuff, and it was it yeah, was awesome yeah. to have her out, and she had she had a great time all weekend, and just you know enjoying enjoying Todd's car as it was meant to be. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just, we, we were like just come back every year, please. You know, it's I have I've had friends who have asked me not in a in a mean way, but like why do you like cars so much? It's stories like that where it's like that's why I like cars so much. You come for the cars it's beyond you, the cars. We always say you come for the cars and you stay for the people. Yeah, right, so. exactly. It's yeah. Vandex. So, you know, long story short, um, we had a great, another great year of this and we're looking forward to, to many more, many more years of this to come. And it's, it's great. Like I say, you come for the cars and the roads and you, you stay for the people and the camaraderie. Well, I can't make guarantees, but if I find myself a 944 or something, maybe I'll have to come out and do this. Oh, I can be the devil on your <laughs> shoulder, my friend. I shouldn't have said that. You know, you every know. single day I'm going to get links now to bring a trailer. I know. Well, now we put this out there. People are going to start reaching out to you. It's like, yeah. Like you, you, yeah right. you, you know a bunch of bunch of the buddies and a bunch of the crew and stuff, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be like, kind of sliding you along, just do it. Just do it, man. You're going to break expensive. my shoulder sitting on it so much. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So <laughs> we'll bring we'll bring you out for next year and stuff. Sweet. You know, even, even without a Porsche and stuff, we'll bring you I'll, out. I'll shotgun. fly the drone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Love it. yeah. Ruthless Rally. Good stuff. Absolutely. Good stuff. West Virginia. Who knew? West Virginia, Mountain Mama, etc. Actually, it was Flat <laughs> Six Mama. We 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 did re- rewrite the lyrics for the uh, the back of the T-shirt this year. Oh, cool! So yeah, I forget exactly what I'll it was, but uh, for sure. yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, um, so we're in an we're in an off week between F one yes, races. We are, and, and you stuff. have questions. And I, I do have questions. I can um, talk some more now. Absolutely, <laughs> I know. I was like, I drink a water. I just yap for way too long. <laughs> but um, we're like what maybe a third of the way through the season. Yeah, something like that. that. Yep. And so my biggest question, I'll I'll pose it to you. I have my own thoughts, of course. But my biggest question to you, has it met any expectations that you had going into the season? And has there been any any surprises? No, not really. No. So it's just boring. Well, I I guess I guess the one surprise is how fast the Aston was, the Fasten. It's a surprise everyone. Yeah, that's the main one. Apart from that, I mean, I'm sure if if you gave me half an hour to research this, I might find something. But first reaction, no, I think that it's pretty conventional. I think we knew in testing that Red Bull was like super fast, uh, which is always a good bet, honestly. Uh, but uh, I'm, I guess I'm also surprised that Mercedes didn't recover quite as rapidly, although they are now with their upgrades getting more back on the on, on the pace, they're so to speak. There. You yeah. know, they're still miles. I mean, everyone's miles away from Red Bull. They are so... I, I am actually surprised by their pace. Here's yeah. the reason why I say that. We knew they were fast. I mean, obviously, 2022, they uh-huh. took a, even a big step. They took a big step forward in 2021 to challenge Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Took an even bigger step, I think, in 22. Yep. And they've taken yet another step forward for 23, you know, yeah. despite having the least amount of wind tunnel time. Um, yeah. There's, they're untouchable. They are. And I think that one of my predictions that we, that we, that we you know, talked about um, about like two or three months ago is coming true. And that like they, I think they have the best car ever to win every single race. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will, but they could do it. Considering that, you know, Checo's been off the pace now, and if one thing happens to Max, that's it. But, I mean, they've had as good a chance as any car has ever had in, in the history of the sport oh, yeah. to win every single race of the season. Absolutely. Which, ugh, please <laughs> I, no. Please I saw not something not that long ago on, on Instagram about, um, you know, what would... What would it look like if Max locks up the championship with like I don't know eight or nine races? Put Ricardo in the car. Ricardo, like, could you imagine a, a a season where one team could you know win drivers and constructors and have their two main drivers and a reserve driver win a race? Of, I mean, of any year, this is the one. Of any year, this is the, this is the one. And Red Bull because they are generally open to you know these kinds of like PR moves. 
you know, to get someone. Yeah. Not this example hasn't happened yet, but they I could see them doing it because they'd be open to having Max go drive GT cars for like a month That's or two. That's what he really wants. He, he likes to fuck them. off and drive, he and drive endurance. Yeah. I mean, I, occasionally I'll watch him in iRacing and he's always in some kind of GT car. So let him go. I saw a great meme that was like, oh, uh, it was a picture of Max on his sim rig. And I was like, oh, you know, weekend off. Now I get to go actually drive competitively against folks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's um, all, all he knows. I saw something this morning where... I'm not sure if you saw, but they announced that I think Danny Rick is going to run like an, an exposition kind of thing at the Nürburgring. Yeah. And so apparently when they were having the meeting discussing that, um, Max like raises his hand and Marco was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Marco yeah. Was like, you're not doing it because yeah. I know you're going to want to push it to the limit. And Max was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, you're not doing it. Like he was saying like how Max would like look the record up and want to like not beat it by a second, but by. 15 seconds, 10, 10 15, 15 seconds. seconds. Oh, easily. He was like, no, you're not doing that. Cause I mean, it's, it's the Nürburgring. Like it's, it's so much safer than it was, you know, 50 years ago. And the cars are too, but it's, yeah, still, it's still the Nürburgring. It's still the green hell. Yeah. And to have an F1 car go off there, cash drive. I'm not saying that would happen, but no. I mean, it might cause it's, it's a road. It's a 13 ish mile road. It's not a track that's specifically designed for these cars these days. Yeah. So yeah, I mean to put to put a modern F1, and I forget what car they were going to run. I don't even think it was the newest. It was the last V8 one, maybe something. It was like what RB7 or yeah. something like that. Right. But even still, that car is way more capable. Um, Slight sidebar uh, about Red Bull. Vettel is driving the 2011 car uh, at the Red Bull Ring next I month. I saw that with synthetic fuel, which is the cool thing uh, very I on brand forward to yeah. that yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of cool i'd love to see him back it's not going to happen but i'd love to see him back oh my god the, wait the clickbait headlines on all over social media are so bad they're like sebastian vettel makes epic return to yeah. formula one it's like no it's just an exposition exposition right. run but uh it'd be cool it'll be cool still yeah but um so yeah so so long story short the year has gone more or less as expected rather conventionally based on predictions yes for sure i'm actually the one thing that surprised me is well, so granted, they this past weekend they look better, but damn, Ferrari is mm. a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, listen, jokes. Is, you know, we we know all all the. They jokes. are the jokes at this point. They are the joke, and we you know we knew that last year. Like, yes, they started so strong, and there was a lot of you know strategic blunders and obviously driver mistakes. Mm. But this year, like the car, the car has taken a step back. Like yeah. last year when oh, they for sure last yeah, they year that was a competitive car that weekend then week mm-hmm. out could be put on the podium if, you know, all the pieces fall into place. Yeah. This year, I mean, I think it was science is that the car is very, very unpredictable. Although, I just saw, they just ran, I think, the Pirelli tire test, whatever, last mm-hmm. weekend or two weekends ago. And apparently, they stumbled upon a setup that makes the car much more predictable. In the and, test. In the, in the tire test. test, yeah. So, for whatever it was, I don't know, you know, how they were messing about with whatever suspension geometry or whatever it is. Yeah. In that test, they found they seem to have cracked the code to a degree to make that car a little bit more predictable. Because I think it was both Signs and Leclerc have said that the car is incredibly unpredictable to drive. It's huh. you know, super twitchy and whatnot. And I think, you know, they've been having trouble driving it on the limit. I mean, Leclerc especially, who mm-hmm. is traditionally a very, very good qualifier. I mean, yeah. he's been knocked out of like Q1 and Q2, you know, last, last few weekends and stuff. Very, very unlike him. So you can tell something has been... Very off. It's, it doesn't help that like they're not being told about traffic, their strategy for for tires for pit stops. It's just totally askew. The strategy has not gotten any better from last it's, year. Save for this past weekend, they actually did make the right call and markedly the worst on the grid as far as like making these calls. Like it's oh, yeah. demonstrable. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I mean that is kind of after all the fire they came on there last year. I would have expected a little bit more of a bounce back than they have right now, but. We'll see what the next, you know, next few races, if this... Next year, as they say, every single year. Because <laughs> they're always next year. Next year, Marinello. We'll see what <laughs> happens. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that stuff aside, I, like you, I'm not surprised that... I'm both, like I said, I'm both simultaneously surprised and not surprised at Red Bull's pace. We know they were mm-hmm. going to be strong. I didn't think they were going to be even this strong, but, you know, we're waiting for that non-Red Bull win. I'll I be really... curious to see what circumstances we have to have for it to happen. I don't even know what... Newey's paycheck looks like it's gotta be just insane at this point. Yeah, I mean we've talked about him before, but he wanted to retire, and the damn. fact that he's not and he's still going, I mean, good for him, obviously. Dude knows but how to design an F one car. Knows what That's he's doing. For sure. Yeah, he knows what's up. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what the uh, what the rest of the year looks like. 
I'm I'm excited for I'm excited to see what happens with Aston Martin. I did also see a report that says according to simulations they are getting close to Red Bull's pace. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, they uh they were still ahead of at least Mercedes last race in Canada. Yeah, yeah. They handled well one of them was <clears throat> yeah. uh, not, not the dad's son. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's that makes sense, and uh, hopefully they can keep going with that because yeah. it'd be great to see, you know, someone else join the uh, the front of the pack. Yeah, I mean, because we've talked about, but Fernando's just driving out of his mind no, this year. Well, every year, every year, but yes. with a good car, especially this year, it's it's showing that he really hasn't he hasn't lost his edge at all. No, I keep telling my friends, this is what you what we missed. In the last several years, uh-huh. seeing him in a decent car. In a very decent... And listen, Al- the Alpines were, you know, looking okay. better and better. He had some great yeah. runs last year. I mean, I always think back to um, to Hungary. Was it Hungary 2021? Yeah. yeah. Where he defended Hamilton for God knows how many laps. Yeah. Um, the fire is still there. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. put him in a good car and the Aston's looking good. And yeah. damn, he's been on the podium more... Five times? Five or six, six times out yeah. of eight races, something like that. I think it was when he he was I think P seven or something like that in Spain, Spain in his yeah. home race and he vowed he's like that's my last race off the podium <laughs> and so so far I mean he's sticking to his word I mean so great it's one race in but yeah he's looked like the only he one he was convincing who, in that thing in Canada it was notable yeah. oh yeah yeah absolutely so yeah. I'm Shall excited we, uh, yeah let's do let's, some BAT picks? let's talk about bring a trailer this week as yeah. always some, some very spicy interesting cars so right. um, I see we have mine first up here on yeah, the, uh, talk the old to screen talk to me. I didn't know any more about Fisker than the Karma EV back in uh, 2010, 2011, which... Neither did I. Which, as as an aside, is way cooler than a Tesla will ever be. 100%. It's a shame they're gone now, because that was a really cool car. Oh, yeah. But they made, or rather they coach-built a car called the Fisker Tremonto, which is, sounds awful with no accent. I'm not going to even try. But it was effectively a... Uh, a Mercedes SL550 uh, yeah, that they it's put, built on the R230 chassis. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So it has you know a 5.5 liter V8, seven speed automatic. It's got it's, a, it's again it's a coach build car. So it's like it's it's a different car below, but it's a different body, different interior. Uh, not many were made. Uh, planned was 150 cars, but only 15 were made. So it's super <laughs> rare. Yeah. yeah. You're buying a bill at this point. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's notable in that it's a gr- it's a good looking car. I wouldn't call it beautiful. It has kind of like a Peugeot rear end to it. Um, but I, uh, I see the Mer- I see the SL in it actually. Mm, yeah, the shape. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, and all these cars will be in the description for the episode, so yes. y'all at home can actually click and look around with us at the car <clears throat> at the cars. So uh, yeah. So and the interior is in. Pretty rough shape. The leather is pretty cracked. Ooh, yeah, yikes. that's real toasty from the California sun. Yeah, needs some hydration in there. Uh, so <clears throat> it was bid to thirty three thousand uh, dollars. I don't know what the reserve is. The radio is wrong because it says number five of one fifty, and they yeah. made fifteen. So we'll gloss over that. Just put scotch tape over the zero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so it's essentially an SL uh, with a. I wouldn't even call it an, an improved looking body, but a different body. It's uh, different. It's retained a lot of the same. Yeah. It's got the same general shape, but the front end is um, looks like the other Fisker. Yeah, like it's it does. Very, it's got that kind of like smile where it opens up in the middle. So it's the beaver very, smile. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's very, very recognizable as a Fisker, but the back end, yeah. back end looks kind of like an SL, same shape. Mm, yeah, it has, it has like the Peugeot, what's the 205 retail lights? Yep. Uh, yeah, so would I buy one? No, um, I would not buy one. But it's notable because, again, I didn't know that Fisker made other cars, or rather they coach built other cars. And yeah. now I do. It's really cool. I would buy the Karma over this one. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, this, this car I would buy. Uh, this is a 11,000 mile 2000 BMW M Coupe, the classic shoe car. The clown shoe. The mini shooting brake. Yes, yeah, it's, like it's, an, it's an M version of the Z3 but with a full roof and a hatchback, essentially. And uh, I uh, would call this, like, a perfect BMW for me. It's all subjective, obviously. But for me, this is one of the perfect BMWs to get. It was a little bit handicapped or kneecapped in the factory because it uh, it was sort of uh, punched down a few pegs to not compete with the M3. 
So it's got a bit less power. Didn't get the uh, awesome Getrag six-speed transmission. Uh, you can probably mod it a bit if you wanted to, but I wouldn't need to. It's pretty much perfect as it is. I wouldn't need the extra 10, 15 horsepower to get with the M3. Uh, nice interior. I mean, this thing's in great shape. Uh, and it sold for, uh, I think, about fifty, yeah, $52,000, which is sort of like on the up and up. Uh, it was previously the 30s, now the 40s. Now it's sad to see it's going to the 50s now. So it's going to be a unicorn car. It's going to fly up thanks to the BAT curve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I love them. I remember being on a drive with a few of the guys here, like a Porsche drive a few years back. And we ran into a crew of like three or four of these little guys, and they kind of ran with us for, for a little bit and stuff. But they can bo- they can boogie, they can yeah. really boogie and stuff, and they they look great doing it. I know a lot of people made fun of that, of the shape, um, but I always thought they were really I loved cool. It. I always I love the Z3 to begin with of this era. Same. Uh, and I love the coupe version. And actually, BMW just uh, we were just talking about this a few weeks ago. They came out with that Z4 like coupe kind of concept oh, car yeah, that they yeah, launched right, right, right. that definitely was a throwback to this shape and yeah. stuff. It, was, it was more of a, I guess a shooting break but mm-hmm. it would definitely lifted some lines from from the old clown shoes and stuff and it looked yeah. really really good but I always loved these things yeah and it sucks they're getting pricey but that's kind of the way it goes you know? oh yeah absolutely oh well so talk about switching gears I'm gonna switch yeah, gears to something here could not be the opposite of, <laughs> of an M3. So I'm looking at a 1970 Ford Torino two-door hardtop. And specifically, this car has been refurbished in the style of the Starsky and Hutch car. Of course. Yes, yes. Which... Um, Classic. One of my one of my favorite shows, the, the original show, and then the movie with um, with Ben Stiller and Owen mm-hmm. Wilson. Yep. Great, great movie. Um, Snoop Dogg stole the show in that in that movie absolutely but never seen that it. aside um oh it's great great car chase too how oh, good um they thrashed like i think there was like four or five of these that they made for the movie and they absolutely destroyed all of them and right. stuff with you know various barrel rolls and things like that i think it mm-hmm. ends with him jumping the car off of a pier into a he attempts to land it on a boat a moving boat but i think it overshoots it and just lands in the water um but these things i always love them i mean i have I have a weird relationship with American Muscle. There is very few muscle cars that I truly love, but the ones that I love, I love. Like so, for me, it's the Cuda, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cudas, Cobras, and very certain, uh, very few Mustangs. Like the three hundred two Boss is always okay. a favorite of mine. Good one, stuff, good one, but good I know, one, good one. Um, and Challengers too, old, yeah. old school Challengers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but these Torinos, I have always loved as well. And so this thing, um, 351, you know, V8, mm-hmm. three-speed automatic, which, you know, is not super, super... It's of its uh, time. It's of its time and stuff, yeah. And finished into the factory ginger metallic, um, but then was refinished in Viper Red with the white white accents on it. So um, I just love it. Big, heavy, loud. It's even got the CB radio in it and stuff. Oh, so they went, man, they went full like Starsky and Hutch on it. Fully authentic. Yeah, the red, red red piping on the black leather seats and stuff. It's just, it's cool. I mean, this is one of those cars that you probably, you know, will see pop up at a at a car show or Cars and Coffee. You oh, know, yeah. It's, it's not a, a Backroads ripper, but no. regardless, they were just so cool. It's an icon. Yeah, you can see here, typical, uh, you oh, know, some literature the- <laughs> that comes with it. You know, they got the little, the hot portable, rod hot rod magazine, the portable uh, police lights to stick on top of it, and even a TV guide from the 70s with yep. Starsky and Hutch and... Was that? They even have a, a fake, uh, fake police badges. <laughs> they went all, they went all out sure. with it yeah. and stuff. That's but just yeah, so cool. I always love this thing. It was cool to see it pop up. And uh, did I see it was bid or the current bid is seven? Current 000. bid is seventy eight, seventy eight hundred. Uh, yeah. with about twenty three hours to go. I'll be curious to see where this one, hmm. this one lands. But that, that might sure be a bid two, not a sold. But we'll a see. bid two, yeah. But I mean, someone, someone will get a fun car to go with it. Yeah. And so my second pick of the week, actually continuing the American muscle. So we were talking about Ruthless earlier. Um, one of my co-organizers is selling um, one of these guys. And it's a factory, factory five racing, uh, yeah. uh, Cobra powered by 347. So, so him and his dad built this car. Mm. And uh, I had to, I had to give it a shout out and stuff and take a look at it. And it's cool because what I love about these factory five cars is... 
you know, I think it's it's a relatively standard-ish kit that you can buy. And yeah. then from there, it's kind of, it's up to each owner to really make it their yeah. own. So I know you can, cut, you know, you can do a million different um, transmission and engine combos and mm-hmm. stuff. But from there, it's like, you know, they, they come as just as a body, as a yeah. blank body. And sure. you can, canvas, yeah. you know, paint them. And what they did here, the silver on black, I don't think you see a ton and stuff, but it just looks really, really sharp. Very clean. And it's cool. It's got a remote starter on it, which, you know, is one of those interesting things that you can kind of wire in there. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. And it just, I mean, you can hear it in the, he he posted a driving video. Um, and even with, you know, an iPhone zip tied to the roll bar, (laughs) you can still just hear this thing is angry and it freaking goes, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've always loved them. Obviously real Cobras are unobtainium these days. And, you know, well into the many hundreds of thousands of dollars. But, I mean, all these Factory 5 cars and stuff, they're just, they're so instead, cool. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny, we were talking the other day, I was like, you know, how does, how does a car like that handle? Because, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people say they're, you know, they can be um, tough to tough to drive and stuff. You know, it's almost like an overwhelmed power. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's it's honestly not that, not that bad to drive. He's like, you know, when, when you get on it, it scoots. But he's like, the thing only weighs twenty two hundred pounds. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's so lightweight. You don't need a lot of power. No fiberglass body. Um, finished in two thousand and five. Ford Thunderbird silver metallic. I like it. Le Mans style fuel cap and the side pipes and stuff. It's just cool little cool little car to go go yeah. tool around in and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I know a local guy here in Philly. I've talked to him at a few cars and coffees, and he tracks one of these things and he has a blast in it i mean that's you want to talk about building your your skills and stuff this is a car that will certainly test you on that oh yeah and stuff and probably a great car to uh unforgiving to take to the track and and learn on but um yeah super cool and uh tony for listening i hope this thing goes to the moon so uh yeah for sure you and dad can go enjoy a nice nice steak dinner (laughs) so many hopefully many many steak dinners but um yeah is that a whole, a whole show? That's a whole dang show. Dang. Goes by got so some cool. rallies in. We got some old school stories. And we got some bigger trailer picks. Absolutely. And yes, they will be in the, in the description. So yeah, check them out. On them. Go go check them out. We'll have the episode out. And, uh, and buy one. And buy one. Yeah, buy one. Yeah. Buy buy a Factory 5 Roadster or buy the Torino. Buy them both and you have a great garage. And then buy throw a, in your... Buy a garage found 911. Right. Or throw in your Fisker if you can get it running. <laughs> Exactly. You're one of 150, but actually, actually one, of, 15. one of 15. Slot that zero off. Perfect three-car garage? I, I don't know about that, but an, no, inter- an, interesting, an interesting three-car garage at yes, that. Yes, for sure. To each their own. So, yeah. hey, until next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.